Welcome. This is New Taku, where we talk things anime and manga. We're not experts or gatekeepers, we're just fans trying to share our love with you. Feel free to interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at NewTakuCast, or email us questions and requests at NewTaku2019 at gmail.com. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify, I think iHeartRadio now, I don't know, I'm waiting for them to get back to me. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and please subscribe and share my name is Jim, and as you could hear, as it sounded like someone fell down a flight of steps, we have a guest this week. Uh, since at New Taku, we try to portray ourselves as the podcast for the people, especially the people that don't really take themselves that seriously, and especially with their hobbies, in particular, yeah, like they watch that. and read. You resent that? I resent that that statement. Yes. In all my seriousness. Go ahead. Sorry. You are also going to resent what I'm going to say in a couple of minutes. And as the anime show for new and casual watchers, uh, I want to bring people on in the future who can give a new and fresh perspective. And who better than someone who barely watches anime but still appreciates quote-unquote geek culture? Fan of comics, toys, games, animation. I brought someone I wanted to bring on for a while. My brother Chris. Welcome. What's up? Welcome. Thanks for having me, dude. This is this is going to be fun. It may be fun. Maybe. Depen- it depends on your performance. Okay. <laughs> Quick cr- quiz, Chris. Quick yeah. quiz, Chris. When I say yes. anime titles, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Akira. Okay, there you go. See, that goes to show. Chris has a grasp on the great titles, but maybe doesn't know any of the deep dives, right? Is that a fair yeah, assumption? That's, that's that's 100% fair, yeah. Okay. Definitely. And the fun part about this is, is you and I both have contrasting opinions on a lot of things, including pop mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. So this, so this yeah. should be a good time. Yeah. Chris, you're a collector of toys, as I am. I yes. uh, I particularly like 80s toys. You do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you What do you got? What do you got right now? What do you What do you got in well, your in your giant display case in your basement? Yeah, you can see it, I think, through the video, but they're not going to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an audio me- This is an audio yeah. medium only. So I'm going to have to explain everything as I turn over my shoulder. That's quite and, right. Uh, so mostly, you know, uh, mostly Masters of the Universe. Um, and I am a big fan, which would lead into what we're talking about, you know, with anime. Is I'm a big fan of what were called to us muscle things. Yes. Kanikuman. But was Kanikuman in yeah. Japan. Invasion of the muscle thing. They've come to drive America nuts. They're ugly. They're weird. They're tiny. They're terrible. There are hundreds of them. It's an epidemic. That's going crazy. Yeah, get them. 
muscle, things, hundreds of different, I don't know what. They run in packs of four, ten, or twenty-eight. Those separately, new from Mattel. How many can you capture? Um, which is, uh, right now I'm kind of stuck on them, which is like, because they were, I have really fond memories of them because of the lack of backstory that they came with in the United States. Uh, you just got these four packs of little pink men that all looked really weird. And they, uh, you could do your own thing with them. So I remember when we used to play with them, we had all kinds of names and whatnot for them. And now that you get them, you can look them all up because there was no computers, obviously, back then. There was no Internet to look stuff up on. So we just made up our own backstories. And now you look in there and there's this whole world that was created around them or they were created for. I don't know how you would put that. But no, so I'm big on them right now, too. But mostly 80s stuff. I'm not a big fan. I shouldn't say a big fan. It has to have some attachment to my childhood. Okay, yeah, so uh, even if it's – go ahead. Sorry. It's a little uh, – you know, it's uh, reminiscing about simpler times. Yes, exactly. Real exactly. quick real quick for people who don't aren't familiar with Kinikuman. Kinikuman is basically um, – it's based on – they're little tiny pink toys. They're based on a manga about a space alien pro wrestler. Correct? Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. They're very and cool. An and he was a complete idiot. Yes, yes, he was like a jackass, yeah. yeah. But some of the villains are, you know, by today's standards, not necessarily politically correct. There's a ramen man. There's a a Nazi, like a Nazi that's like uses gas to kill people. So yeah, it's it's, pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. It's It's pretty terrible for 1984 or whenever it came out, but it's pretty bad. uh, In 2020, it's like, whoa. And it it leans into, because like I hear you guys talk about it, it it leans into almost like this – Japanese acceptance of just straight up racism. Could like, I, you know, in their culture, they don't necessarily encounter the same type of people that that we do. They don't right. have a massive, uh, you know, a, a Jewish communities. You know, no. what I mean? so to them, they're like, oh, look, this happened. Oh, it's perfectly normal that someone would think this is a bad guy that gasses people with in. With Nazi symbols all over him. See, he's bad. Exactly. Get it? He's a bad guy. Exactly. It's like, nah, man, come on, man. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's it's about right. where you are. Yeah, and I mean, even just like, you know, the way that they just – I mean, I couldn't even do the impersonation of the way I've heard, the way they um, do the voices of some of the characters that aren't Japanese. Right. Because I would be probably and rightfully so immediately banned from every social media platform out there within yes. a minute. Yes, cancel so, culture yeah, will pr- come after you and me. So bad. don't do it's, that. No, I won't. No. <laughs> and, I, I, and for the record, I don't think it's acceptable either. So. Yes, of course not. All right, so let's jump into a little bit of news. And I picked some things that you would know about and could relate to you. This whole episode's about someone that is not necessarily deep ingrained into anime culture and everything that's on. I mean, for an example, I watch 15 shows this season, of which I don't like a lot of them. So we'll talk about some news about stuff that's more, let's call it mainstream, okay? So from Hyperbeast, which is a website, which I always get a big kick out of Hyperbeast, very hyperactive beast, AMC Theaters and Regal Cinemas have announced the 4K remaster of Katsuhiro Otomo's Akira, which I have to give you your two issues of, uh, which will arrive in select theaters throughout the U.S. this month. According to Regal Cinema's listing, the film will come via Funimation. It will only be available with subtitles, bravo. 
Uh, it made its film. It made the film made its 4K debut earlier in this year in 36 IMAX theaters in Japan, and it ranked number nine overall. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's coming in September, on September 24th. Now, I saw this in the theater a couple of years ago. I think actually last last year I took uh, my daughter to go see it. Uh, it was at midnight. I did fall asleep <laughs> by the end of it because I'm old. But Chris, will you be seeing Akira Akira in um, theaters? I mean, I would love to. Um, for me, with these movies, the way they come out, they come out on a day. Usually it's not a situation where you can go, oh, it's Friday. We can see it Friday or we can see it Saturday. We can see it next Tuesday, that type of thing. So you kind of got to catch it on the day that it comes out. Plus, I do not know how comfortable I feel sitting in the movie theater right now. No, neither do I. With a bunch of people coughing and screaming and waving their phones around. Um, I would love to see it in 4K. Uh, I think that that movie uh, loses so much in the English dub. Yeah, absolutely. It makes no uh, sense. It, it, it's, it's this, it's this, I, I don't want to say, I guess I could. It's like a, it's a very adult or, oriented, you know, late teens, early adult oriented movie. And it's like they do the subs like they did them for 12 year olds. And you lose all the subtleties. I should say, I'm sorry, the, the dub is done. Like it's the dialogue. Is yeah, done. yeah, not it's the sub. Longer. You mean the dub, right? Yeah, the, the dub. dub. I'm yeah. sorry. So. I remember the last time I watched it, which is not too long ago, I watched it on Hulu with subtitles. And there are little nuances that they completely blow over in that movie. Yeah. Um, so it's cool that they're doing it like that. I would love to see it. And the idea, the first thing that came to my mind when you showed me that they were doing this was the to be able to see, like, the, the animation itself is just amazing. Yeah. So to see that in 4K, because we watch it for the first time on video. VHS, yeah. And, yeah, and VHS. And the first time I watched it on Hulu, it's not that better a copy. No, it isn't. It's not much better than that. It's almost like you were just watching the VHS version or maybe a little bit of a step up. But the one thing that keeps popping up in my head are the brake lights. Yeah, yeah, the, and the, the initial chase scene. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. And, 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 the, and the light trails go across the screen and all that stuff. So to be able to see that in 4K is pretty cool. I can't say that I would go see it, that I'm going to go see it. If it came out, if I had a 4K copy on Blu-ray, I would buy that. There is. And it I would, it oh, got released in Japan on April 24th. I don't, I'm not sure when it's going to show up in the United States, but there is a 4K Blu-ray coming. I would I would definitely watch that. Um, but just a simple fact, like, you know, the way it is now with televisions and, like, my surround sound, I have – really no reason to go to a movie theater ever again right uh, i would much i'm actually there's a little piece of me that wants dune to come out you know oh you can go see it at a movie theater or watch it on demand because i'm kind of enjoying being able to watch these movies at home the way they're 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 still pushing films back i mean i think wonder yeah. woman's already been pushed back once Wonder woman 1984 yeah. uh i know dune's coming out in the I'm pretty sure it's coming out in the theaters in the United States, oh, no. but I don't, I don't, I don't know where or when we'll be able to see it. That'll probably be the the only movie I'll go see in the next year in yeah. the theaters is Dune. Um, there is a uh, uh, along the same thing. There's a 4K remaster of uh, Ghost in the Shell too, which also loses a lot of information in the dub as opposed to the sub. That um, I'm looking forward to coming out as well. But um, yeah, would, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry. No, go ahead. I would like to see that as well. Uh, you know, I've never even seen that in subtitles. Right. And we hadn't watched that since we were teenagers. I haven't seen that since the first time we watched it when we were teenagers. And that movie to this day still makes no sense. Right. To me. Yeah. If, if you 
if you uh, uh, listeners want to listen to our review of it from early in, I think late spring, I had mentioned that until I watched it streaming, until it was available streaming, I had only seen the dub. I'd never seen the sub subtitle because it just wasn't available. I had it on I had it on VHS and I had it on DVD eventually when they came out on DVDs. But uh, yeah, that's a great one. But uh, Akira, yes, I'm very excited. It's one of my daughter's favorites. Yeah, I mean that's an awesome movie, and also I, it's kind of fun to go back and watch those movies in the movie theater that you never saw when they came out in the movie theater. Right. The last one I remember doing, I only did that once. Oh no, I did it twice. One one of them was My Python, The Holy Grail. Okay. And that was years and years ago. But the last one I saw was when they re-released uh, Wrath of Khan. Oh right, yeah, I saw that and, as well. You know, I could sit here. I know you can too. We could sit here and watch that movie with the sound off and do all the lines. Yes, God. it was almost. Yeah, it was almost like we saw the movie for the. Fir- I saw the movie for the first time that day. Which was yeah, cool, it was very so. cool. It was like goosebump inducing some of the scenes. Yeah. You're like wow, this looks really cool. It's totally remastered. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. All right. Next up, uh, from Crunchyroll News, North American publisher Yen Press is stepping in. This is from Crunchyroll News, so this is them that wrote <laughs> this. You may be surprised. I didn't write this. I just got interested. North American publisher Yen Press is stepping into the ring of New Japan Pro Wrestling with the license of Hiroku's New Japan Academy manga. The series is coming out in English digitally with the first volume set to arrive this October. This particular manga is told from the perspective of pro pro wrestler Tetsuya Naito and features consultation by New Japan Pro Wrestling. So you know it's going to be good. Your synopsis. It's the stars of New Japan Pro Wrestling as you've never seen them before. Teenager Tetsuya Naito is aiming for the top of New Japan Academy, but in order to be champion, he has to face formidable students like Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada and the once-in-a-century talent Hiroshi Tanahashi. Luckily for Naito, he has his boys in Los Ingobernables del Japón on his side. No matter the odds, Naito's motto remains the same. Tranqui—I said tranquilo. Tranquilo, which means quiet. With the rise in worldwide popularity of New Japan Pro Wrestling, the manga New Japan Academy is a highly anticipated release by the many passionate fans of the pro wrestling promotion and the stars within it. Chris, thoughts? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why is there a manga? Why? I mean, there's mangas for all this stuff, man. So you, you, you 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 told me about this, and I decided to look it up. And to look into it. And that was, it wasn't why, because, you know, I love all those characters. Uh, I love New Japan. Why are they teenagers? I, I don't know. They would be in and high school. Of all the guys in that wrestling, what we call it, that, uh, that league, I yes, guess, where yes. all the guys that are in New Japan, you're going to pick that dude? He's very popular. It's, it's, I understand that he's popular. But he's a horrible human being. The character, I should say. The character, say. yes, yes. It's a horrible, yes. horrible human being. I mean, I guess he he's, kind of plays into an, a, uh, an underdog, like, likable underdog type. Uh, bad, but we'll give him a bad backstory where he's a bad boy and he used to belong to a gang. And Yeah. You just imagine the possibilities. Well, I can see how they, you know, would do that. Well, how they would make it so, you know, oh, he's a bad guy, but feel bad for him because he was tortured as a youth. Yes. That type uh, of thing. Yes, yes. I could see. But like I said, this is the guy who's, whose big thing is spitting in guys' faces. Yes, he does spit in a lot of people's faces. <laughs> so, that's what I would say when I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's an odd choice for your lead as like the, the, the uh, protagonist. Yes. 
is the guy who spits in other wrestlers' faces on a regular basis. But hey, I mean it's a it's a it's a property and it's worth uh, a lot of money. People yes. love it, yes. so go for it. It's already I, I believe it's already been published and finished in Japan. Um, okay. The uh, you know it's it kind of leads itself to a, a battle shonen meaning like marketed towards boys like fight yeah. manga you know overcome the odds mm. he's going to start off getting beat by different guys he's i already imagine like kazuchiko kata is the pretty guy at school and tanahashi's like the the super senior or something like that i i can imagine Ooh. where this is going yeah. i would i would definitely buy this i think of course i would yeah of course i mean and look uh, you know you know how i am with this stuff it may not the it may not be good. You know, it may come out and not be good. It could be great. Who knows? But it would look awesome on your shelf. Yeah. It's the cover. And great. that's that to me, that's a big part of it. Yep. So I'm a shelf bragger too. I like like yeah. books. You gotta have books. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree. All right, let's move on to our review this week. Uh, I wanted to pick something that would be interest in interest to Chris. Now, I know you are a fan of heist films, in particular yep. older ones. You are an Ocean's yep. Eleven fan, correct? Love it. Yeah. Yep. So I went with, and I think it was a good choice, Great Pretender on Netflix. 14 mm-hmm. episodes. This is just part one, which I didn't realize till it finished. And the studio is Wit Studio. Uh, they created Attack on Titan Season 1 through 3 and Vinland Saga. Did you check out any of those shows? Uh, I started to watch Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, <laughs> so when I saw Attack on Titan, I thought they were based on the moon Titan. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and I thought it was space battle. So then I started watching it. But like, you know, a lot of things with me, if you don't hook me immediately, I tune out. It is. And that first um, episode is slow building until the last like scene. Right. And then and in the middle of it, there's the whole, there's like a whole thing with uh, Aaron, the male, main male character where he's like trapped inside a titan they're trying to convince him to come out and that's like a two episode lull mm-hmm. right and then the other one i did see some of vinland saga yeah and then we moved and ah, i never gotcha. started watching it after we got into the new house so but yeah. that was kind of cool i like the viking thing that was neat yeah vinland saga really uh gets really good after the first couple of episodes the first couple of episodes right. are kind of silly and hey we're vikings and we smash things and it's kind of uh you know like classic uh just silly fantasy and then eventually it starts getting into you know vikings being not great people and then it yeah. starts to it starts to get really good you know I, one of the things that i always talk about with my anime is that i and manga is that i need consequences and eventually you get consequences with inland saga attack on titan starts out with the consequences so it's a very popular title yeah i mean it's one of those things that i would probably check out but it's there's so much content out there mm-hmm and that's one of the hard things where where anime is not in the forefront of the things that I do. No, I got you. So, like, you know, you oh, can you tell me. You don't have to make excuses. Yeah. Oh, it's, no, I know. It's quite all right. Yeah. Some of the stuff that you probably watch, I probably wouldn't even touch. You know yeah, I mean? 99% of it. We've already <laughs> had, these, we've had these conversations ad nauseum. Yes. So it's directed by Hiro Kaburagi, who did some things I've never heard of before or watched. My Little Monster, From Me to You, and 91 Days. The source is original, the genres, uh, action, adventure, and comedy. And here's your synopsis. Masato Edamura is supposedly Japan's greatest swindler. Together with his partner, Kudo, they try to trick a Frenchman in Asakusa, uh, but unexpectedly get tricked instead. The Frenchman, who they tried to swindle, turns out to be Laurent Terry. 
a much higher level confidence man, which they use confidence man often in the show, and control the mafias. Edamora, who is yet to find out what fate awaits him, after having engaged into a Fredman's, Frenchman's dirty jobs? That's copy-paste from the description, so it makes no sense. So, uh, any initial thoughts from you, Chris, on this show? I thought it was a good pick, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. You, you gave me a good, a good pick. Because it's definitely something that I would be into. Um, so, you know, I went into it uh, pretty optimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started out... Um, it started out, you know, it hooked me after the first episode, Excellent. which is, which is a big thing for me because a lot of times people always ask me, do you watch this? Do you watch that? And I'm like, oh, I watched a few episodes, but then it just, I, I just couldn't keep up with it. And then their response is, Oh, you got to watch it up into season four. Then well, it yeah. gets really good. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, no, I'm not doing I'm that. Not yeah. Maybe I'm I'll come. Not, maybe I'll maybe I'll come back in a couple of years, but right now I'm not going to do that. And with the biggest one being Breaking Bad. Yeah. Breaking Bad starts out very waka waka and very kind of like t- they're bumbling and stumbling, and then all of a sudden it's like a punch in the face, and then you can't stop watching it. But it took me a while to get through those initial episodes of that show. Right. And uh, this one had me from the beginning. Nice. So. Yeah. It's it's uh, first off like the initial scene, the op, the beginning of it. Um, with the Pink Panther Mad Men thing going on was very cool. The song's great. It's the music in general was a very good piano and jazz tracks. It even has like a cheesy love ballad in there, which is really good. Um, And then you have the, the outro, the ED, which is the, is Freddie Mercury covering uh, the great pretender, which is Mm -hmm. almost like the intro of it looks great because it looks like the old video for the great pretender where it's, he walks through this curtain and it's this black Mm -hmm. and white. It's very, very cool. But one thing I really enjoyed about especially um, some of these wider shots in the show is the color palette. It's like the background is like detailed, like Mm -hmm. an outline, but not in Mm -hmm. fine details. It's just in tones and and fades and everything like that. It's very cool. Yeah, and the backgrounds in general, um, they made all the cities look like the cities they were supposed to be in, which was pretty cool. Um, I remember – there was a few things I noticed in the beginning <laughs> where, you know, they get to L.A. and the first thing you see is, is Easy Out Burger. Yes, Easy Out Burger. <laughs> and I think the other one is they're in the mall and there's a Mossies. Yes. With an O. Yeah. So, but I mean, they actually look like they put some American uh, companies in there, you know, to make it look like L.A., which was pretty cool. So. Yeah, they, I, I liked, um, you know, they, they were speaking English at the beginning and their accents are really heavy. And then Listen. they, tr- they translate transition from like the heavily accented English straight into subtitles, which is great. It was like seamless. They kind of just were like, Oh, let's just, well, there, let's just was, put this in subtitles. Now there was a break in there where it actually says we will be speaking in Japanese from now on. Yeah, it was but great. I, I love that I touch dying when they, with their English. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, because, it was supposed to be, it was there to yeah. pop you. It was there to make you yeah, laugh. Exactly. It was really, they did a really good job with that. And that's a like a recurring, recurring theme throughout is Edamora's inability to speak any language without a heavy accent, which is, I mean, it's preposterous to think that, I mean, there's a lot of preposterous things about this. I mean, it's, it's animated. It's going to be preposterous, but you know, to think that they, they go to multiple different countries and he's always talking with an accent, but nobody else has an accent. Only he no. does. So well, he's he, the butt of the joke. But yeah, the backgrounds are great. Like uh, yeah, the sky trees in uh, Singapore are really Singapore, cool. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, really yeah. cool. 
And that uh, building with, looks like a surfboard on top of things. Yeah, yeah, with the park on top of it. Yeah, it was really cool, yeah. too. They that, used real stuff. Yeah, they had stuff that you would recognize as that's from the city. You know, that is yeah. from this city. Uh, L.A., when he's hanging from the uh, Hollywood sign. Did it say Hollywood oh, or did it say me. something else? I forget. No, it said Hollywood. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I think yeah, yeah um, uh, the animation is friggin' amazing on this. Sh- that that airplane race scene was awesome. That last no, airplane they did a race. Great job. The animation was great. I, I liked that. Uh, you had mentioned that um, you know, the Mad Men thing. They had a whole storyline that was basically an episode of Mad Men, or not Mad Men. Um, Breaking Bad. Yes, 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 yes. In the in the beginning. Where he's, no, where he's, cook, where he's cook, where he's cooking the uh, drugs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 divvied up into three stories. Yeah, you get you get the initial story, which is where you where they're in L.A. Then they go to Singapore, then they go to um, London. The London. Back end. Yeah, right. So it's like the fifth episode or whatever. Yeah, on the front end of the story, yeah, the first third of it. I That's guess. what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, as I was saying, the op- the beginning, the uh, the beginning song was very um, cowboy bebop. Yes, the show has a very cowboy Just, bebop feel. And I don't know if you I don't know if you're aware of this and listeners are aware of this, but Cowboy Bebop was created as a marketing tool for a United States audience. And Netflix is also doing that, pushing the United States audience with anime. So this oh, okay. def, this definitely feels like something that was there to drag like to hook American audiences. And it, it's it's one of the bigger titles that they've come out as their original titles. This along with the um the uh Oh, what the hell? We were just talking about it. Um, Ghost in the Shell series, too, as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Well, <laughs> this story took a left turn on me, this show. Okay. okay. Um, I enjoyed it, and then I really, really started to hate it. Why so? It became a chore. Um, I didn't like – I. so bad guys can be good guys if you frame it the right way. Right. Right. Meaning, you said Ocean's Eleven. Those guys are likable characters. Nobody in this show is even remotely likable. Even Edamora. Edamora is like, he's kind of, I don't know, he's always the butt of the joke, and he's kind of like, it's, he's a wimp. He's very... I do like, for, uh, just to interject, I do like that um, he... Twice in the show, he's trying to reform his life. Yes. And then he gets just hooked back into these stories. With no effort. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't take anything. He just he gives him a dirty look, and then he's like, "Okay, I'll do it." Okay, I'll do this. And he's <laughs> now. I guess this is probably something that got lost. I don't know how it would get lost, but I guess I didn't. I may not have caught it. Uh, where he's talking about how he's Japan's greatest swindler. Right. <laughs> swindler is the best thing ever. He's Japan's greatest swindler, but he is always 10 steps behind all the other swindlers. <laughs> like he's always like at the end, at the end when the, when the, when the, when the reveal is, he's never really there with them. He's yeah, always like, wait a minute, this is what you did? Yeah, he's always he's always the bait. So he's the patsy. Yeah, so I guess when you look at it that way, it's kind of uh, – that makes it make a little bit more sense when he's the patsy. Mm-hmm. When he, They make him think they're doing one thing, they're going right, and then they go left. And the fact that he doesn't know actually helps them out. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the 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 I like the fact that they use the long con. That's always fun. Yeah. You know, where you don't know where they're going until that last minute. 
Um, but you know, now that I'm talking out loud about this, I'm starting to dislike it a little bit. Oh no. Less. Yeah. <laughs> oh, less, like less. You're starting to yeah, like it more. I'm starting to like it more. Yeah. Well, that's that why we have these, that's why we have a conversations this week and talk about the things that you don't like, maybe that you do like, and maybe you can convince yeah. yourself otherwise. Convince yourself otherwise. So, um, and what was the other thing? I mean, I, I did, I did, there was some, the fact that they use Swindler constantly, every time I used that, I laughed. Yeah, Swindler. Um, and the, what was it? Um, there for, was, for, a note, there was, for a note for the Swindler, I'm imagining that's probably a Japanese term uh, specific to Japanese, yeah. that the easiest translation for it is to call someone a Swindler. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. probably have a specific name for this type of person that yeah. I, don't, I don't know. And mm-hmm. it probably makes more sense in Japanese than they just keep calling someone Swindler. Because I don't know how many often, unless that, I mean, this is like, they said Swindler like 10 times in the show and it's probably last 10 times I've heard it in the last 20 years, the word swindler used in a sentence. Yeah, I don't know if I heard it ever, ever before that. Yeah, you know, I mean, like in the subtitles, they would call it con man, but they were saying confidence, man. Confidence, man, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, I did make some notes. Go for it. I love notes. Go ahead. So uh, in the beginning, he's, I believe it's in the first, well, first of all, the first thing he does is he takes the dolls out of the, the coin machine. Yes, his, uh, his Which, capsules. Yeah. I don't know if they're called kinkashis, but that's what muscle things were called. Yeah. And that's what they were in Japan. So that jumped out. I mean, it's right. little characters. I always like little dudes like that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, they're like all over the place when you go over to Japan. There's those little capsule machines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the way that they run the, the con between the two of them in the tea shop in the beginning was very lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Yep. The guy starts, oh, I'll buy one, and then he uh, nobody wants it until the other guy goes, oh, that's cheap, I'll take it, and then yep. everybody starts buying it. That was pretty cool. I like how they did that because that's – I'm assuming um, it was uh, – that's that's a move for con men. Oh, yeah. It's, it sounds like it's, a like – a, it's, it's probably a real thing. Yeah. A um, classic con man move. <laughs> a couple guys working together to pro- drive up a price. I mean they do it at the, they do it at the – in the last – with the um, with the the art auction as well, where they're working yeah. together to drive the price up. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the he pulls the move from Dumb and Dumber, where he gets the guy to pay his check. Yes, yes. Seabass. Uh, oh, hey, hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was gonna be. I just have it written down here. Lobster check, Dumb and Dumber, and I have Dumb written D U M and yeah. Dumber written D U M M E R. They use the word tits a lot in that show, I noticed. It pops up like three or four times, yes. which is very Sa- yucking up. Sa- saggy tits. Um, and uh, I, I'm, she keeps referring to him. The one girl keeps referring to him as a virgin. I'm assuming that's some kind of Japanese thing where you're a guy that doesn't get – it translates weird, if that makes sense. You're yeah, just a virgin. Well, that's it. You know, it's a classic uh, uh, gender role insult. That you're yeah, less of you're less of a man if you haven't had sex, or less of a you know what I mean, or uh, you know, or for the la- the other way it would be like if you've had sex early, it makes you less of a woman, less desirable. Right. You know what I mean. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And not uh, great. It's wife... not great, but it's it's part of the tropes. Yeah. Go ahead. So here comes me nitpicking. Go ahead, nitpick away. In the first season, he goes to sneak away. The first, uh, you mean like the first second? That first little core, the first little few episodes. Right. The first little uh, scam. Right. He goes to sneak away, and she, the one girl catches him, mm-hmm. Abby. 
Yes. And she puts him in a rear naked choke. Yes. Okay, here we go. And she crosses her legs, which you are never supposed to do. Okay. (laughs) That's me nitpicking from the... um, (laughs) The world of jujitsu? The world of jujitsu. But other than that, I mean, other than that, when I look back at it, like I was watching it, I felt like it was a chore that I was watching it, but I was also not watching it at my leisure. No, you you had to bang it out for the show. That happens. Yeah. There was a few episodes I had to watch in English because mm-hmm. I was watching them on the uh, elliptical machine at the gym. Yeah. And I couldn't really read subtitles on my phone, so I was watching them in English, and uh, it definitely loses a lot. Yeah, I would imagine. It's so simplified. Like, after you watch a few episodes in, in uh, English subtitles, and then you watch one actually done in English, it's like, wow, this – it's almost like it's written by a different person. Right. You know, there's no nuance at all. Well, it has, to be, tra- it has to be translated so this yeah. way it makes sense in English, where you can right. almost directly translate it from Japanese to subtitles. But even then, and I've pointed it out before uh, to our listeners, that a lot of times there's stuff missing in translation that is mistranslated, where they're saying, like, certain words that are common phrases, and then they just translate it wrong. Like, yeah. Especially with yeah. eating, like, itatakimasu and gochizo-sama deshita, which is... Uh, let's eat and thank you for the meal. They switch them up sometimes, and I don't understand why they do that. It's like, come on, these are like common, like first month of learning Japanese terms that you learn, and it's like, come on, why do? What am I getting? That's as an English, a dumb English speaker. Like, how is that changing it up that much? Why do you need to do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's let's see. Uh, this is. As much a heist film as it is a Robin Hood story, I would say, and I think most heist films end up being kind of Robin Hood stories. So we got like less yeah. give to the poor in this more than get back at these creepy rich people. But being that they are stealing in general, thieving, thieves, yeah. swindlers, as they would say, swindlers. they're not great people. They, they're no. kind of shitty. They screw people over. Um, well, that's go ahead. back to the oceans thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're always, there's always some kind of, you know, I don't want to say, uh, noble right. reason while they're, do, why they're doing what they're doing. Right. But it's like, it gives you almost this relatable thing. But couldn't like, can we say, you could say the same thing about this, right? Like, so Edamora does yeah. it because his father screwed over a lot of people. And then at the end, when he gets caught, he takes all the money and he's like, Hey, I screwed over some people. And so did my father, here's the money, he gives it to the cops. And then he goes to jail. And then he goes to jail for two years. And two um, months, uh, Cynthia, Cynthia yes. she, um, she does this elaborate, you know, revenge thing just because she, her, her uh, ex-boyfriend and her relationship got ruined by right. this guy that's was a swindler to them, too. Right. So right, right. I guess we're building, you know, we're getting a backstory and we did get backstory on those two characters. We got backstory on... Um, the uh, Iraqi girl as well. I can't remember her name yes. off the top of my head. Abby. Yeah, Abby. And we got a little bit on that. So you're building, I think you're building to that, to these, like, give these people, uh, we, we got character development, except for Lauren. We don't know char- his his character character development, which I'm imagining yeah, is probably going to be the back end of, or when we go into part two. Yeah. You know, I mean, He's I just guess. Jerk, that guy. He's a real jerk. He just lays around so, and makes everybody uh, he work. He just lays around and makes everybody work, and he won't stop calling the kid Edamame. Which Edamame. I, like, you know, I thought that was a good joke. going to do this for That was a good joke. A little racist and cool. I liked it. <laughs> Racism right. is never cool. Well, it's cool when you're pointing out that 
Westerners tend to be racist toward Asians. Yeah, well, that was the one. Uh, <laughs> there was a point. Oh, the episode when he's when he's in the sushi shop and they're calling him Korean and they're like, I don't need Koreans anymore. I got Thai guys. And he's like, I'm not Korean. I'm Japanese. He says to him, uh, "What is, I wrote it down. Europeans, most Europeans see all Asians as the same. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, it's uh, you know, maybe it's maybe maybe it's true. Maybe that's just the way Japanese people see, see Europeans. Yeah, Westerners. Yeah, or Westerners. Yeah, yeah, for that matter. All right. So, any last thoughts before we give our your first new Taku ranking? Uh, no. I mean, I don't think so. I can't really. Th- I think we covered everything. All right. Cool. So. Your new Taku ranking, Chris, this is your first one. Go ahead. I think I'm going to give it, what was it, Mox. Mox, very middle of the road. Go ahead. Any yeah, reasons? because ahead. I don't have anything to compare it to, too. So right. let's start with this being the middle of the road. Okay. I wasn't overly thrilled with it. And at one point, I absolutely hated it. But then when you talk about it, you're like, yeah, it's not that bad. It was pretty good. But I don't have I you know I don't want to give it too high a rating. Let's just we're gonna make this. If I'm gonna do this, we'll make this the middle, and then yeah. I'll judge things from here. And then maybe if I see things that blow my mind, my personal ranking for this will slide down. But we'll put this right at the middle right now, and this will be like our litmus test. There you go. I think this is the first. This is the first um, anime series I watched the whole thing of. Well, that, not the whole thing. You watched well, the first, first part of it. The first part of it right. that was available to me from beginning to end that didn't come out in the 70s or 80s. Right, right. It's a newer thing. Yeah. Oh, you could yeah. see that, like – okay, so for my new Tiger Ranking, I would say it's all good. I thought the 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 animation is great. Uh, the story's a bit ridiculous. I mean, would an arts appraiser be praised for ripping off a rube for underselling a painting? No. That's so no. stupid. But it's great looking, and it was fun, and I want more mm-hmm. of it. But like you, I had mentioned earlier, we only got half of a season, and it stopped in the middle of some character development. We got a tease for Laurent, and uh, yeah, it's great, but it's hard to recommend it as an incomplete product. So there's enough there for me to say, sure, it's cool, check it out. But I I wouldn't recommend this to someone that maybe it's their first time watching something new and say, oh yeah, check out this first half, and then you got to wait. And being that it's Netflix, part two should probably be out. Like, with their usual schedule, it'll usually show up in December or, like, into the new year. So you have to wait, like, six months for it to come out anyway. Yeah, it's very strange how they do things. I mean, you I know don't me. Know why they do it. For, I've been waiting for He-Man for I don't know how long. Yeah, the, uh, Kevin Smith's He-Man, you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith's He-Man. And, and, and I'll watch that just for, you know, He-Man's sake. Yeah, so will I. Yeah, but um, it's uh, – they – not only do they tell you products are coming out, but then they never tell you when. No, it just shows up. And then other products, they don't tell you are coming out, and then they they come out and Jake jam them down your throat nonstop. Right. Like I, with, uh, their, with their action movies and stuff. I never Co- watch any of them, but they're just constant. Cobra Kai. Though you, yeah, that, Netflix wants me to watch Cobra Kai. Like I was, yes. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Karate Kid fans out there. It, it's not a very good movie, and I wasn't a fan of it as a kid. As a kid, I, I'm not really going to follow up with their the story of them as adults. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe just because I watch, you know, a lot of Asian television and anime that it gets recommended to me and it gets jammed in my throat. I'm not going to watch this. Come on, man. But the thing yeah. with Netflix is that they are they are trying to do uh, episodic releases, and this show actually does in Netflix Japan does come out weekly. It shows a, it's a weekly episodic release. So 
yeah, I think it all depends on when the show ends, which I'm going to imagine is going to be the end of fall season, which is in December. Then to get the subtitles on it, which they'll work on subtitles as they go, we'll probably get it in January. We'll be able to watch season two or part I'm, two. I'm actually more partial to episodic releases for everything. Same. Uh, I think most television shows I may, well, I, you know, I can only go back to Game of Thrones as being the last one I watched every Sunday when it came on. Right. Right. Whether you liked the ending or you def- didn't like the ending, I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I it had to end. It. You yeah. know, I, we've talked, we talked about this. We did a whole yeah. segment on the season finale of uh, Game of Thrones in the last season. I, it, the show had to end it. Like you had to wrap it up somehow. They wrapped yeah. it up the best they could. It was no one was going to be happy with the ending of that show. Sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, I know, not way. everybody was. Well, I should say, no one was going to be happy. There was going to be people that were going to be pissed with the way it ended. I was fine with it. Whatever. Yeah, so was I. Yeah. So was I. Whatever it was. Yeah, it ended. It was cool. But I actually would look forward to the point where I would actually get stressed, like it was a playoff game. Yeah. Like, oh no, someone's going to die this Sunday. What's oh, going to yeah. happen? That's great. And, that was a great show for a long time. It's just that you know you hit to hit a point where the story's coming to an end. You got to wrap it up. And then you started get you know you start getting in your own the you know director and producer and special effects. You start getting into your you know like performance aspect of it a little bit too much like the entire battle of winterfell or whatever was just so dark and then they you know their their excuse was that oh it was filmed for special tvs with special stuff and it's like what yo you mean to tell me i gotta put out six g's to watch this properly the hell out of here (laughs) i always just fall back on the fact that like when you watch some of the old like like you watch buffy Right. And if if you don't see any special effects for a couple of weeks, you know something's big coming because they only had so much money. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that's the way I always look at that. Like, oh man, they shot this. Like I said that about Game of Thrones. They shot this in the dark because they probably used the same dudes in five hundred different roles. Oh yeah, them. yeah, just over and over again, same yeah, guys. Yeah, over and over again. That's I still think it's that. I don't buy you needed a special TV. They had to, they had to save up their money for the final battle, which was awesome. Like with right. the, all of the city collapsing and everything. That was crazy. Yeah. And they were like, eh, let's just do this really but, dark set. The, set. We'll just call it the mood. Yeah. All right, Chris, can I, I expect you for part two of, of uh, great pretender? Yeah. When it comes out, we'll do it. Awesome. We'll have to, we'll spread it out a little bit. Cause that was the, the, the big, like I said, the biggest issue that I had with this one was that especially with everything kind of reopening where we are now, mm-hmm. slowly but surely reopening, I was cramming one in, and then I was going and doing a 12-hour day, and then I was watching the second one like, oh. Oh, I was in the same, I was in the same boat last night. So, I got done. Yeah, after the definitely. bar closed, I got the, after the bar closed, you know, I got home. It was 12.30. I opened a beer, and then I banged out four episodes because I was way behind, and I didn't want to do it in the morning. So, yeah. like, it's, we were cramming. And th- that's what happens. Yeah. And I deal with it on a regular basis, just trying to cram these episodes in. And so this way I can bring entertainment to the listeners. To the, to the masses. To yeah. the masses. All right, Chris. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having I, this me, This was buddy. fun. It was a good talk, and we'll see you for part two. Yes, you shall. Maybe before that. Maybe before that. It's a year away. I don't know. I mean, no, not a year. We're in... Oh, Jan- December. That's Dude, right. Can you hear I that? Thought you meant, I thought you meant next December. Can you hear that in the background? Yeah, I hear it. There is... It sounds like an earthquake. They are repaving the street behind me. It was in the local news about how these people haven't had a street for like a year. 
and they've been rush paving it and everything now in the last couple of – like, my whole house is shaking. I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw it when they the, – the sidewalk was torn up forever. Yeah. It's, they, they were just throwing when the trash. Yeah, when the, that, that, the first uh, big tropical storm of the season hit Philly. Isais. Yes, that name. Um, it flooded their, everybody's basement because they didn't have a sewage system. Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome to Philadelphia. Welcome to a major city they- on the East Coast. How do they do it anymore? I don't get it. I don't know how do you, I look. Yes, oh, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm looking at my. I'm looking at houses in Jersey myself. Yeah, I, you know, I never thought I'd do it, and now I'm sitting here. And guess what? <laughs> they didn't dig my street up and leave. Yeah, that's right. The mayor lives right down the block. They pick up the trash too. Yep. They yes, do they do. All right. So, real quick, what we have coming up in the next couple of weeks? Uh, I got best best of summer 2020. As believe it or not, it's heading into the last week. Uh, we have the way too early fall 2020 preview coming, and I'm going to review Children of the Sea. Chris, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks again. Yeah, it was a pleasure being here, buddy. All right, thank you. Thank you. And thanks for joining us this week. Once again, please share us with your friends and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NutakuCast. Send us questions, show requests. Our email is Nutaku2019 at gmail.com, and we will talk about them all on the air. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jim and Don Buckhead.